0: Welcome to the
1: Room. And yeah. you will do it, mm, that's you will do it yeah, because yeah, yeah. you will learn that you are at your best right. when you have a target. Now, if you can elevate it, if you can elevate it, and I, and I definitely had to do a lot of work to be like, I don't give a fuck what mm-hmm. other people think, even some of the people who I'm trying to, that, that piss me off or I want to rub it in their face, that's not why I'm motivated now, right? I don't want to <laughs> be stuck in that cycle. But when I'm talking to writers, and if you have a nemesis, and some of them, it's top of the head. Right so, at the top of my head right now. Oh well, let's let's get into
2: it <laughs> right now. Um, so, trip. So it's now. I'm 51, right? Yeah. So I'm an older cat in this business right now. Mm-hmm. And so I worked hard in the the indie world for years and finally jumped into the network world just a few years ago. Now, it was all intentional. Mm -hmm. But I've watched all my friends who came either in my office. I had offices at other places, you know, who are now showrunners. You know what I mean? And so some of them are my nemesis to some extent, Mm -hmm. right? And some of them still reach out to me for game, even though they're a showrunner. Because they know I'm pretty wise, mm-hmm. right? And I'm wise because I'm older. Yep. You know, and I'm just more experienced, and I've done a lot more things. And, and you've been so
1: taking notes, because some people facts. go through this whole thing and m- repeat shit because they ta- they're not taking notes.
2: Facts. And he knows exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, <Are> not, <laughs> you know exactly, is this a is this a, uh,
1: is this, a uh, uh, this is a naming names type? No, logic. no, I'm not. I'm not. That's why I, didn't, I be naming names. That's why I didn't name nobody. No, but I do. So I, I just, tell you offline. I tell uh, you offline. Right. I ain't got no no no
2: because they, they still out there now, all right. we all know yeah. them, all right, all right,
1: you know what right. I'm saying? Okay. No, oh, no, 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 so it's no. It's a him, no. okay, we got Them. Part. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, right, it's them. Let me, go, go ahead, go ahead. There's a notebook. There's <laughs> pages <laughs> and <laughs> shit, pages. But you have a specific person that pops up. I have
2: several, yes. But let me tell you this one little quick thing. So years ago, one of my mentors, one of the biggest people in town, who you know also, I realized, I was over the house every week and I was starting to feel kind of strange that they never did nothing for me. This is a long time ago. So I was bitching to another wise friend of mine like you Mm -hmm. and they were like you got envy. You need to put that shit in the freezer. That's right. And I was like what the fuck you talking about? Mm -hmm. He was like here's what I want you to do. This is some game for
1: y'all. This
2: is awesome. here's, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go home. I want you to get out a pen and paper. I want you to write down everybody you envy. Now I thought Cause I still had, I think I was still like an actor at the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, Lorenz Tate, right? Boom, like just stupid shit, right? People I was going against, right. but they would always get it. Right. right? And I was like, just boom, boom, a couple little lists. And then I went, I'm not being 100%. Mm-hmm. I thought it was gonna be like three people.
1: yeah,
2: 30 people on oh, my list,
1: wow.
2: right? Actors, writers, all kind of different people. When I was done, he said, you finish it, fold it up, put it in some aluminum foil, wrap it in like a sandwich bag, mm-hmm. and put it in the freezer. Ah. This always happens, every time I tell the
1: story. This is big.
2: I knew you was gonna make me Come cry. On, is that,
1: is it, what's the day, It's, it's <laughs> yes. church, it's, still, it's yeah. prayer, it's prayer Let's go.
2: <laughs> And so, I, I wrote down my names, you gotta be honest though, mm-hmm. tell the truth, and I just started, and I was like crying as I was doing it. I got to like 30, 31 or something, and I finished it, wrapped it up, put it in my thing, and I opened the freezer, And let them hear, man. Just like it was like right now, dude. It was like yeah. eh, I closed the door and it was like that quick, that fucking quick. But I had to be honest. Yeah. Right. Ah, Don't make me cry. That's my fuck. And ever since then, whenever I'm at that person's house, I don't give a fuck. It's weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. So even the people that you said I have, uh, what's the word you use? Nemesis. Even my nemesis, I don't trip on them.
1: That's, Every time. See, it, so you already, no, you already elevated. No. That's what it I'm just saying. bothers me
2: a little. You so now, but not as much.
1: You, you need to get to the point where you're not even thinking about Facts. it. But the but the phases are, I'm doing shit to prove them wrong, and I right. plan on rubbing their face in it. Then right. then it's like they're my nemesis. But whether they were there or not, I would still be doing this. Now and then you want to get to I don't care at all. Okay, I'm just I'm doing it. I mean, I like that. I don't care. I like, that. like to me, but.
3: I've seen this quote a lot where it's like the only writer that you need to compete against is is like yourself from yesterday. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so you're so it's like so get better. So the person who you were yesterday is the only person you compete yeah. against. How do you get better today? How do you get better today? Because that's the only thing that really. I mean, like, right now, you know, I'm finishing up the the horror movie, you know, and I'm like, I'm at the stage where I'm like, I would, and my friend asked me, he was like, dude, this is so weird for you because I've known, he's known me for like eight years, and he's like, you never talk about horror movies. You never do, so I don't know why you're doing it. It's really good, but why are you doing it? I said, well, there's two, two reasons why I'm doing it. I said, one is like, you know, the last year. I've been hanging out with Brian Fuller a while, mm-hmm. and I go to his house and we watch these fucking. And yeah. he watches his new his new doc is yeah, is yeah. Ready and show. he screens horror movies every mm-hmm. week. And I just like mm-hmm. I just and I but I, what I started seeing to them was I was like, two, there's two things is like there's a there's a there's a creative aspect to it, but there's a spiritual aspect to horror movies. That horror movies allow you to really explore your own fucking demons oh. mm-hmm. on the page in a way that almost no other fucking you know because I was like my friend was like I was like look I never watched them as a kid because they would scare the shit out of me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it would scare me to the point where I would have really really bad dreams so in my horror movie when people go to sleep, they get fucked with because it's like the dreams can right. fuck with you. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it just gave, it, so it was this thing where it's like, you know, it's just me trying to be a better me. Yep. You know, because because it's like, I don't care if anyone likes this. I don't care if any, it's like, that's it's right. helping me be better me. Right. You know, and there's other things about like identity and about like family structure and all these little things that are traumatic in my life that I'm like channeling into this story. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not about my life, but I mean, yep. that is giving me issues. I'm able to work out. And it's like and and that is the 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 beauty and the goal for me mm-hmm. and that's when I know that the scenes are finally working mm-hmm. is that it's like I know what I was trying to do emotionally in this scene, and i, I remember I wrote this scene last week, and I was like, I feel
1: bad, god damn, it. I took a toll, I put, yeah, shit, I
3: like, put them through some shit, <laughs> Oh man! You know, and I had to like, stop for the rest of the day, because I, yeah. like, I was I, I don't want it to hurt them no more. <laughs> when, but,
1: I, when I write a good scene that I don't want anybody to read, that's when I know I'm on to something.
2: You're opening on the pilot on Hand of God, <laughs> Oh, fucking dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: hey, this happened a couple times on Hand of God, where it was like, I was like, this is what I'm what I'm feeling like writing hmm. but nah that's doing too far really? or nah that's that's burying my soul a little too much hmm. or something that I'm so I pull back i pull back um and then the times when I don't when I just let go and the, and I write it I'm hmm. usually gonna be like oh damn if my wife read this <laughs> you know so I, and, and it's like I can't but then it's like nah I gotta let that go too that's what we hmm. signed up for mm-hmm. now the other question I ask and this is important Get too to is, and now you actually do this in social uh, settings, but also in career situations. Mm. The question again is how much time do you spend getting to know yourself right now? Because it's so easy to be distracted. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I ask people, when was the last time you were elated? Mm. And you can't use uh, relationship or kids as your answer. This morning. That's a, that's a beautiful thing.
2: You, it like, I'll explain it to you like this I don't know if you saw my Starskin hutch car outside right yeah every time it's in the shop and you see me I'm just like just miserable yeah. like two weeks through whatever long it takes as mm-hmm. soon as I get my car mm-hmm. I'm, I'm up I feel great I'm driving I got my reggae plan, whatever yeah. the shit and people are like hey dude but everywhere I go it just makes me feel amazing Yeah, you know and I get yeah. to drive on a lot it yeah. makes me feel special Same. you know what I mean so yeah that's Man, when I feel a I bit.
1: used to be because I, I had perfected even killed mm. because everything went wrong mm. early in life, right? I had that whole period where there was nothing worked and desperation, things out of my control, I can't do with. So now all I can uh, can control is my reaction. So I found a way to really not like go off the deep end when things right. terrible would happen. But the unexpected casualty was that I also numbed myself to great things, Mm. to beautiful moments. Mm. So my emotional reactions to things were muted no matter what. My wife was like, what is going on with this dude, right? (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying, we just had a kid, or you just had a great thing happen in the career. And I remember one time she she was saying stuff like this a lot. Mm. And then you know we had two kids, I was at a a basketball, I I played in a basketball league, I'd been playing for like a year and a half in this Mm. league, everybody there knew me, Mm. somebody cracked a joke and I start cracking up. Really? And this dude looks at me and he goes, and I'm like, what? And he goes, that's the first time I've ever heard you laugh. What? That's how it was. Wow. And, 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 and to be honest, I, in that moment, I was like, I mean, first of all, I was like, what? I mean, I laugh, what are you talking about? And <laughs> no, the truth is, I was like, he's
2: right. That's like, hilarious. I'm so
1: muted. Then yeah. I started thinking, now, that's not just terrible for me. Mm-hmm. I'm patterning that For two young boys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At home Interesting. That means yeah. my kids Have never seen they, they rarely hear me laugh They rarely So then I started Thinking about it and my wife Always kept saying Listen you, you, you need to learn To appreciate the victories Even mm-hmm. if they're small You gotta celebrate them Because that's part of life And like you muting that And that was like I had convinced myself That don't Like you get a win Don't even think about it It's on to the next thing It's on to the next mm-hmm. thing And this changed me and mm. it reoriented me It helped balance me And since then I start asking people this Because um, If you're like I was A lot of times You're not paying attention To right. victories Even small victories Like I wouldn't even Pay attention to big victories mm. Like you'd be Oh th- your thing Got announced in deadline mm. Really? You know stuff Like for real <laughs> wow. Like I was And I would almost Go out of my way To downplay some shit Wow Because I And I don't And it was just like A, a defense mechanism That had gotten built up Over time Now I can be like Oh uh, I'm celebrating all of that, mm-hmm. but I'm also sort of keeping track in my life more of moments like what you just described, mm-hmm. um, and when I'm talking to writers who I might think about hiring, mm-hmm. I ask them that, and I, 80% of the time, they can't name something because the go-tos are like when I got married or mm-hmm. when I had a kid or
0: Stuff something on like that
1: and and so they can't, and then if it, they can't even give me a career victory because mm. they're not tracking their victories. Mm. And they have to do that. Yes. It, it, it's, the, the thing is, is that
3: if you are only saying, you know what, I'm waiting for uh, the script sale. I'm mm-hmm. waiting for the job on the show. I'm waiting for the thing. Okay. Like, like, How you doing? On you know, I'm, 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 okay. wa- I'm waiting for these big events to happen. Then I'm going to celebrate. You won't be used to celebrating number one um, so therefore you're really not going to do it right when right. the big thing
1: happens <laughs> um, <laughs> you you're not going to rent a private
3: like you're going to fuck up um, <laughs> and and also you are making yourself sort of like what's the thing it's like you know like you, you, you know, like you have to be able to bend not break you know mm-hmm. and the kind of reverse of that is true it's like if you complete the third act today, celebrate that. Uh-huh. You know. If you can type the end, you know, on the vomit draft, mm-hmm, celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if your friends have have read your script and given you notes, celebrate that they've done that because those are all things that are helping you on the helping you on the path. Right. Yeah, and right. and you know what? Like if you're dieting, like and you get that victory, that day becomes your cheat day. Or something like that, mm-hmm, because you mm-hmm. want to be able to know how to modulate the successes, you know, like yeah. the, when the big thing happens, it's like oh how what do you do? I mean look, you know like for me i like I had this plan that when I got out of Star Trek, I was going to go to Tuscany for like three weeks, mm-hmm. you know. But it ended a month earlier than what I thought it was, you know. And it's not like it, it's just other stuff. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, at that point, I'd already been extended ten weeks. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, another, I need another four weeks. I'll be great. So, did he it, believe he did sixty
2: straight weeks? Pretty much. That's crazy.
3: That's crazy. It is.
1: Crazy. It is crazy. You need three weeks of testing. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <Minimal>. <laughs> exactly. yeah you know, but 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 as soon as it's over, I was like, oh, you know, I pivot. I said, you know, what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, mm-hmm. I said to myself, I said this is actually better for me. Again, as I said, but you have to know to do it right. Is it better for me? Because I've been on a vacation in like seven years. Mm-hmm. Not, and not like that, where I went down there and said, I don't give a fuck about how much money mm-hmm. I spend. That's right. Wasn't I answering about, the phone. I'm not answering the phone. I'm not, <laughs> right. I'm not even really bringing my phone. Right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what time I'm getting up. Just all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was just for a week and I was like, you know what? I just felt
2: so, yep. like, every day felt and good. And you came back with a vengeance, like, dude. Every, didn't yeah, and I, and, yeah. Every,
3: and I was like, you know what? If I had tried to go to Tuscany now, but without doing oh, that right. trip, in between, yep. I wouldn't have had good the point. same Be able to like make it it's So explosive you know. So, Because right. so, so, it's like a muscle it's like Celebrating your victories Become a muscle yeah. That you got to keep And working. it also
1: gives you Context right Because right. then If you start tracking them Then you start realizing That things aren't as bad right. And also good things Are happening to you That you haven't been registering right. And sometimes that means You're not honoring the people Who are contributing right. To your victories So then there's a little bit of, There can be resentment Happening there Or just a missed opportunity
2: Here's a here's a funny thing, so Chris knows I don't drink, smoke, do drugs, like never even tasted it. Oh wow, <laughs> it's just a weird thing. And here's the odd thing is that every time I finish a, a draft on a script, like we just finished something this week, and I was like, I think I should have a glass of wine, mm-hmm. and I'll go and get like apple cider or something. <laughs> but I always feel like it's giving yourself something. Yeah, we still got work to do. Yeah, but we put we put the but end you commemorate fade or out something. Yeah, yeah. commemorate it. You know what
1: I mean? It, yeah. what I mean? And people, I. Look, you got to do it. And, yeah. and in life, too, I, mean, I I I recently was at a dinner and I asked that question. A woman, like, it almost had a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Because she started thinking about it and she, and her answer was her sophomore year of high school. Damn. And she's 45 now. And it was when she made the JV cheerleading team. Wow. Okay. Now this woman has kids. She's married. She's had a career. Mm. Um, and... I can't imagine she hasn't had another time where she was elated, but in that moment that's where she went to mm. and almost had a nervous breakdown thinking about how do you go 30 years wow. without being elated? And we're not talking about when the last time you was happy. Right, yeah. so that's, that's, why, that's why that's why I difference. use elated because that's it's, pu- it's going to raise the bar yes. just a little, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's saying, "Look, you're either not doing what you're supposed to do, and mm-hmm. that's the other part of it. Is like if you can remember the last time you were elated and you're not going for that, or doing or creating a life that can lead to that feeling right. regularly, then maybe you should tweak. Right? Maybe you're putting yourself into a situation that's not going to result in mm-hmm. what you want out right. of it." it's gonna like you it'll look good on paper but it won't be the thing that makes you get sparked mm. right the, but but the other side you probably are going through this thing and it's a blur and you've been missing opportunities where you can celebrate yourself
2: mm. okay that was some game y'all y'all better take that y'all better soak it you better write it down <laughs> i love it that's what's up being that's good um before we let you go, we got to just jump into, because I know you, you, we talked a little bit about Burn Notice. Um, I do want to talk about like, because you worked your way up on that show. Mm-hmm. I, let's just talk about, so you wrote a pilot, if I recall. I remember you talking mm-hmm. about this once or twice. Yep. You wrote a pilot that everybody, here we go again. I've said this a million times on this show and other shows. Every single person I know who, who broke in, broke in on a script that everybody told them not to write
1: oh yeah this, you feel me yeah, yeah, that's real yeah, shit absolutely we talk
2: about it all the time absolutely. so let, let's get okay. into that right quick
1: so i the first thing i did in the transition was uh acting i had a bad year mm-hmm. um as an actor my wife and i had made it again talking about optimistic delusion mm-hmm. when we moved to la we already had two kids so we made a deal as i had a year to mm. become a star or we we're gonna move back and i'd go to grad school to do whatever so this first year went really good and it's like yeah you're definitely on your way so Most
2: people, let me just say this. Don't do that, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> don't it's give great. yourself a year. Or they go, I, I,
1: I don't go know why. And we both, <laughs> by the way, this wasn't me going, okay, I'll get her here. And then I literally right. was bought into the same thing. I said, a year? Shit. It's going to be like three, four months. And then I'm going to be on billboards. So. so
2: Illusions of
1: grandeur. The <laughs> year we did, uh, it was terrible. I wasn't booking anything. And it was funny because I was actually screen testing for a lot of pilots that year. And Where, so, which
2: is are great that's odds. That's
1: a huge thing. Yes. Like, if you screen test, that means you're <laughs> in the finals for yes. a series regular witcher. You is are like, on okay, the list. Here you go. Yes. So, um, but to me and my wife, that just meant another part I didn't get. Mm. And. We didn't see that as progress. So we started making plans to move back to the Bay. Wow. And Candy said, well, uh, shoot that short film. Uh, why don't you do that short film you've been talking about? You'll have something to remember. Mm-hmm. Hollywood, by."
2: <laughs> and so, uh,
1: sure enough, I started, at, you know, doing, putting together a short film. And that was a journey in itself. But that... But did I, I go to
2: Sundance? What is it this? did Yeah, it went yeah, yeah. Sundance
1: And originally I was just going uh, Write and produce it Okay. Then the lady said Well what do you want to do? I'm like I'm an actor She's like you got a star in it So mm. I was like okay I'm going to play the lead she, I said that makes sense She's like shorts don't make money So you better be advancing your career right. That was Kimberly Browning Oh and I that's never, my girl Kimberly. Oh yeah, so that piece of advice was huge mm-hmm. So I make the short uh end up co-directing it i star in it it does really well i get an acting job straight Mm -hmm. up off of that but it also starts me transitioning to writing Mm -hmm. and the first thing i sell as a writer is an adaptation of that short film a Mm -hmm. feature Mm -hmm. okay i sell that feature and it's sort of like a comedy with heart like a quirky comedy with heart so imagine you go to your agent after that that got me an agent that got Mm -hmm. me a big check i go to my agent and uh <laughs> uh, what's the follow up <laughs> Oh you know Quirky comedy with heart Like what's the next thing a piece? Right. I was like First of all Not a quirky comedy Okay well alright Well we could probably You know It's fine Because this will be A follow up piece So it can be a little bit Of a departure But that's not ideal right. And I was like Oh but it's not a movie Crickets. What you talking about, man? (laughs) You're a movie. You're a movie guy. Yeah. And now who am I supposed to call and say this dude's name? So I was like, well, I'm kinda like I had gotten to this point, I was like, I just write what's next. Like, and then I'm Mm -hmm. thinking here's the story I want to tell next. And it's not it doesn't the character doesn't arc. So it can't be a movie. It's open-ended, like Mm -hmm. life. So I'll write a pilot. And sure enough, it doesn't sell. And they but it's really well received. And it makes the rounds, mm-hmm. and it gets me a job on burn notice. Nice. And th- when and this is why, and I, it's what I call a bulletproof sample, meaning any people, even people who don't like the subject material, mm-hmm. appreciate the script. And I have a script like that. It yeah, it has exactly. to be a hundred percent. And I'm telling mm-hmm. people, you don't need a bulletproof sample to to, to start mm-hmm. making inroads, but when you have one, it'll never stop working for you. Yep. And to that point, I just got a call a week ago from a producer mm. asking me. Can they get that script? Really? Yeah, and that's really? now it's been what thirteen years. <laughs> so uh, no more than that, fifteen years. <clears throat> wow. So anyway, I get so that script is gets me in the door, and I go to a um, I get called in by an executive at, at uh Fox Studios, mm-hmm. uh, Ron Taylor. Oh, Ron, we, we know Ron. Ron yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's like. Um, uh, I loved your script. We're, we're developing something. You might be right for it. Mm. Keeps it real close to the best, Doesn't mm. mention the show. Doesn't say timeline or all. He's like, uh, do you have anything else? And uh, because you know we got to make sure it's not just a fluke. Right. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. So he goes, do you have a spec? And I was like, I absolutely. And he's like, great. Can you send me that? And I was like, y- yeah. Let me just. I got to clean it up real quick, but I'll send it to you within a week. I go, I get out of that thing, I call my manager, I was like, what's a spec? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I found out something that, it's a dinosaur now, but yep. it's basically an, a sample episode of an existing TV mm-hmm. show. So, luckily I had already had an idea of a show that I liked called Boston Legal. So I wrote I, a Boston Legal I, too. I wrote yeah. that thing. In <coughs> I wrote mine in two weeks. In, yeah. I wrote mine in three days. Nice. Sent it to the reps, got notes, sent it to the dude. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, Enough that he was like, okay, he can definitely write. Mm-hmm. It wasn't gonna be a barn burner, right. but it was enough that it confirmed I could write. So then I found out that the things he was talking about sort of nebulously, like sort of out there in the ether, sometime there might be. No, it was very specific. He had already pinpointed burn notice as a potential, mm. and it had already been greenlit. So mm-hmm. then he sends that over, sends the my, my uh, pilot over, and next thing you know, uh, and everything's happening fast now, mm. I'm in a meeting with Matt Nix showrunner creator of burn notice and they called me on a wednesday night and they're like the meetings tomorrow morning so i don't have time to watch the pilot or read the pilot right and, and the I,
2: internet ain't like it was nah. now, right? so now you're like okay
1: so i get in there and um i'm meeting with matt nixon first thing he says is i'm sorry i haven't had time to read your script but i hear it's great hmm. and i said i'm sorry too Cause I haven't had time to read your pilot That's or watch hilarious. your pilot, so we ended up just having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I basically he understood the timing. There was no way I was gonna be able to read it. I hadn't even gotten it. So, um, but I was like, but I'll ha- I'll read it and send you, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. I told him I'm gonna read and watch whatever. I did that. I sent him an email talking about, you know, I, I'm excited about this. I see potential here. Whatever it is, I get the job. Nice. And they told me, look, you got nine weeks, and you're not gonna That's get a short, renewed.
2: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Huh. It was nine weeks and, and you're not being renewed huh. and you won't get a script. Damn. So I was like, oh, and, I, and I, this is my agent relaying this to mm-hmm. me, who I fired <laughs> not too long after this because <laughs> you got to align yourself with my, where exactly. I'm at. Exactly. I don't want to have this ambition in my agent. Mm-hmm. It's just like, let's just, you know, right. slide him in. So I told my agent, I was like, bruh, I'm married with four kids, struggling. I will get renewed and I will get a script. Hmm oh i don't want you to be thinking like that you expect, you know all that get in there and um i didn't know if it was true or not actually because i never even had been in this environment i don't know mm-hmm. what comes with a writer's room and how you impress and all that but i was just i did know that i don't take no for an answer right. and um i didn't know i had to really get somewhere with my family so i had to make hay when the sun was shining so <laughs> i got in there and i was able to impress and i was lucky to be in a room with a with a showrunner who didn't come up in television mm. so he was kind of egalitarian That's perfect. he was like best idea wins Nuts. they hadn't like tainted him because you know he's coming. Show he wrote features, features. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so he's kind of like you know if a pa says a good idea he going to be like put it on the board <laughs> and in some shows you don't talk nope. at the lower levels <laughs> right. so right. I was getting some nice little wins early on. Then I had a couple of upper levels that started exploiting me. They Mm -hmm. found out I could write a little bit, so they started farming off work. And it's not necessarily, you know, a good thing. In fact, there was—I thought I, I was one dude. I was like, he was. Having me write full on scenes and acts and not giving me credit. Mm. And one day I was in a room and Matt saying how great this scene was and it <laughs> saved the episode and we're so, you know, cause we were under the gun and he's giving this dude kudos and the dude doesn't say anything. Wow. And I start conspiring, how am I gonna get credit for this? And I was and and, and if I had done the things I was thinking about doing to mm. make the other dude look bad or make sure I get that credit, I would have undermined myself. Mm-hmm. Before I could hatch my plan. This dude uh, Matt Nix comes in. He's like, "Hey," and I'd already been renewed. He's like, "Hey, man, um, we're we're gonna need a co-writer for this episode, the 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 penultimate episode. Okay, uh, that's a big one. Do you want to write with mm-hmm. me?" And he said, and and he mentioned the other writer and said that other writer, who at that point was a nemesis, <laughs> was the one who told him I deserve a script because huh. that writer had kind of been exploiting me this whole time, and I thought it was just like straight up you Know whatever the but the silver lining was when push came to shove, that writer recommended me to write a script. So that year, you became your
2: ally after, yeah. That's nice. Well,
1: we became my ally much later. Mm -hmm. Um, we had many battles after that, but um, but to your point, long term, yeah, now Mm -hmm. we're colleagues and friends and everything, but but uh, but that got me going. So then I was I started as staff writer and I went all the way through. Uh, executive producer over seven mm-hmm. seasons and it was like a PhD and, and
2: your showrunner used to let you guys go to set and,
1: and it was and, and, mandatory that was the other thing it's like everything again now some of this was he recommended to him right. some of this was because it just seemed to make sense that why wouldn't you do it mm-hmm. so he was making some calls some of it was he was overloaded for mm-hmm. example it started off like you didn't have you didn't have much input on in post Right. but then after when he's like they know the show I don't have time for this shit uh, and it's usually a parallel move unless somebody who was intimately involved in the filming of the episode, so why wouldn't I send even a staff writer who was there, at yeah. least during the first phases of the cut, uh, for the producer cut, mm-hmm. so that he started doing that, and so eventually, the way that show worked, if you, if it was your episode, it would be something you probably had the idea for, it. Mm-hmm. So and then you would come in there, and as best as you could, you would drive the room, Let. so you're getting that experience, mm-hmm. then you would do the process of writing it, then you would go film it. So that's producing, you'd come back and you'd have first crack in, in post. That's important. So you imagine doing that for five, six years. It, 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 yeah. it, you don't get that in a lot of things, and I'm not even saying most people can duplicate that, because you needed it to be John a Wells. successful show. <laughs>
2: yeah, some people like It that. has
1: to have many seasons, right? right? Yes. And you gotta have a showrunner who's willing to open those doors to you in order to get that experience. Right. Um, but yeah, so that, that really put me in a great position when it was time to have my own show, even mm-hmm. after three, four years. I, it was like I already had been repeatedly through yeah. every facet of what it is. Yeah. And I was doing stuff in terms of like how you deal with the executives and how you deal with the cast and how you deal with all mm-hmm. these different other elements um, that come to play when it's like, as a showrunner, you're managing so much.
2: Right. Indeed, that's, I like that because that's been like my whole <clears throat> battle with, you know, once I moved into the you know the network stuff was I already know how to do a lot of stuff so having to pull back yeah. and be the lower level person in yeah. the room has at first it messed with my ego a little bit but then I kind of went just go on the ride mm-hmm. you know you're getting a nice little check yep. you know what I mean take the check yep. sit in there and rolling your in your in your in your lane and just soak up the game yes. so that's what I just started doing I actually just started enjoying the process of whatever it was yep. and and the difficult thing that I was having is as soon as the show ended, we didn't get a season two. So I went into it for like the last three three years. I've been developing for mm-hmm. Reggie Hudlin along all these big dudes and none of those shows have gone anywhere. So now I'm like trying to get back on the show, back on another level again. I'm like, yeah. I gotta start all over again. It,
1: it, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. Like, if you have any success developing and you don't have an extended staffing track record, it actually can become a, it can become a problem when mm-hmm. people are looking at your resume. And you have the luxury of not having to be in the staffing machine constantly because you're getting some development, Mm -hmm. but it actually works against you when they look at these gaps. Exactly. So you have to be able to come in there and overcome that narrative. That's why it's so important, like, you know, I'm always like, what are your agents saying about you? Right. So your agents are smart. They want to sell you. But they don't know your narrative better than you. And if they do, at least even if they do, it's a combined effort. So you got to give them the narrative to make it easy for how to push you or spin whatever your situation is. There's a positive way to spin that. So it actually seems like an advantage. I mean, look,
3: there's no there's no better advice than that in terms of how you get the next job, because, you know, there's always opportunity that there's always a possibility that you'll have the law. And then, but it, it, but even if you don't, to get on shows that mm-hmm. seem like like a reach for you, you know, could be an issue. I mean, for me, like, look, the, a, 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 a similar situation is that, like, the script that I wrote was not a science fiction script, you know, and when I sat down with Terry, he was like, I haven't had time to read your script, but everyone at this studio, production company, they love it and they love you, so talk to me. Mm-hmm. And it was like, so then, how do you, like, you know tell the narrative about you that gets him it gets him or her excited yep. because there's a way to do that that they can go okay so she's been on a show for two years but god damn they're like compelling in the room right now like mm-hmm. I want that mm-hmm. person you know yep. mm-hmm. um and it's and, and that goes back to what you were saying earlier about how much time have you spent getting to know yourself that's right because then you could say, how do I say this about myself? Yeah. So they, you know, like like you tweak,
1: uh, hey. you keep
3: tweaking mm-hmm. like the pitch on yourself mm-hmm. because that's how people go back. Fuck, I want it. Because mm-hmm. it's usually it's you say the script is like, this, your script from 13 years ago. It's like, you know, the good writing is the good writing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, but how do you know how to like, you know, there's you know, to thread the needle requires the ability to say, you know what you're saying more about the craft, the access, and the the talent mm-hmm. is like. How do you know how to like you know like to manage all three and and present them in the right way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. and that's something that you can only do if you can like like if you've done the soul searching plus the soul searching A real is assessment. What, like like is what gives you your
1: voice. That's so right. If you understand who you are, then you can just go fuck. I know how to write what I'm. If mean. if you don't know if I can ask you some of these questions and you don't have an answer, that means you're selling yourself short. Because if I one of the first things I tell emerging writers, and and I'm preparing them <clears throat> for meetings with showrunners, and I do something with the CBS uh, Writers Diversity Program where mm-hmm. I, I I do a, a a module where I'm preparing you for showrunner meetings, nice. and I say, well, one of the things I'm asking new writers, especially, but even sometimes v- veteran writers, mm-hmm. but not as much, but new writers, the first thing I say is, what languages do you speak? Mm. Now, when I say languages, we're not talking French, German, or you know Swahili. We're talking about life experience learned experience lived experience right so uh you if you can't answer that you're selling yourself short because you don't even know what you have that you could bring to the room that could be gold Mm -hmm. and when you get in a room when you get an interview with a showrunner you might start thinking about it like me i could say well i I, one year i was literally one year i lived in the hood in oakland the very next year i was in a gated community in the suburbs of chicago that tells you a lot i tell those i speak Mm -hmm. both those languages now I could say I, I spent four years in the military. That's yeah. a language. I could say I spent a summer on a fishing boat in Alaska. That's a language. Oh I have a kid, that's a language. All these are languages. Now That's your superpowers. And you're deciding, mm-hmm. because what is the is going, shit, so we actually have somebody cause who who, when they speak on this character, they'll be able to draw from something they actually experienced yep. instead of go Google it or mm-hmm. read about it. And so now when we get into those interviews, you have to have the ones that are just sort of universal that yeah. will help them know who you are, why you're special. But you'll also start to curate it. So you'd be like, "What languages do I have that I know based on the pilot or based on what I know about the showrunner that they'll respond to?" Now we're just talking about literally what can what can I put in front of them that makes them want to hire me? Right. And there are some people who haven't taken the time; they don't even know what their languages are, mm. right? Most people
3: don't because the mm. mistake that people think is. The script is the thing. Yep. Yeah. You know, the script is not the thing. Like the script might get you pa- Like the script might get you the showrunner meeting. Yeah, well, It probably will And the script will get you The network liking
1: you It will definitely not Get you hired but though. It, will, it yeah.
2: will not get you hired Because like, they didn't even Hardly talk to you About the script you read You wrote They talked right. to you about you yeah. but look, it's, you, be ready, you be sitting in there yeah, like, like oh You must have liked that that? Yeah, You must have yeah, like liked My script must, <laughs> <must> like <laughs> No bitch no <laughs> but, but
3: Ben did the same thing With me The show owner was like I do not just read Your script yet mm-hmm. You know And they hired you mm-hmm. After that
1: is do I want to work with you? Yeah, so, so because I'm a, the you already passed the gatekeeper y- Yeah, right. you know what I'm saying. Just you, right. you got past the gatekeepers, so you couldn't have just have shit on the page. Now, do I want to work, work with, with you? Right. Because
3: the thing is, right. is
1: that you know
3: what you what people don't realize is when it's like a thursday afternoon like after the coffee break mm-hmm. and <laughs> after we were, lunch was even worse no, mm-hmm. no this is late, after <laughs> yeah. this is lunch and then coffee breaks right. like 4 mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. stuck on a story point mm-hmm. and everyone is like i want to get the fuck out of here cuz we're not going to stay energy's too, low and, like, yep. energy's low yeah. and everyone is a little frayed mm-hmm. for you know maybe it's episode 9 or 10 or 15 but mm-hmm. fuck it is who do you want around you that can like You know that can keep it keep it cool. Right. You know, make it fun. You know, drop some jokes when shit is cool or whatever it is. Those people that you need because it can Mm be the intensity of it is just like god damn. And and, and, and when everyone wants to leave, uh, I mean, look, you all want to leave. I mean, but when it's
1: not going well. Yeah. And you, if you haven't put together a good room with good chemistry, when it's not going well, it's going to get toxic. Yeah, really no, bad. And that's, that's a Easily. guarantee. That's Easily. a guarantee. Yeah, it's, really not, it's not. Oh, it might. It's definitely going to get right. toxic when it's not going well. Right. If you don't have the right chemistry in that room. So. You want to have people who you know, like, hey, would mm-hmm. we go out and would we go out and get beers together? Would we go out and do a little, you know, outing together? Cause that's the we would be willing to spend time with each other, like right. voluntarily spend time with each other, not just cause we have to break an episode. Right. Those are the type of people you want to bring in a room. And you start putting the room together, like one dude, you know, he brings one-liners and cracks jokes mm-hmm. and relieves pressure from time to time. And another dude seems to be very attuned to people's moods and always seems to say just the mm-hmm. right thing, you know what I'm saying? To mm-hmm. perk somebody up. Uh, they might be quiet, you know, a little soft-spoken, but when they, when they they do it at the right time, and so then you start having these people that that just really help with the mood of the room, even beyond what's the story. Right. Yeah, you yeah, know? because yeah, it's, it's and,
3: crucial, because there's nothing worse than you come back from the notes call, <laughs> and it's like, you know what they said? They said this. So we got to change. You're just <laughs> like, oh, yeah. "Really?
0: I thought we did something
3: cool." Yeah. And, it's, and the thing is what you did might have been re- it, what you did was cool. They didn't get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they didn't like it. Oh
1: man. I used and to be then the you're the mad first. because
3: you know because because cuz that means it's like we already vetted the story to be cool between us. Yes. And now you're telling me that's not cool for some some reason it doesn't make trivial, sense to us.
2: Trivial know, shit yes. and mm-hmm. it's like so For somebody like, who's not really yeah. creative. Yeah. In the first uh, place. Yes. Number
1: one, like <laughs> keep reminding yourself like this is your job right, right? if you want to be an author, write your script shoot your script mm-hmm. you the one you do you the one or write a book better yet yeah. you don't have to get nobody's <laughs> input or collaboration True. But if you want to make TV in this business, in mm-hmm. this industry, somebody's going to have some say. I don't care who you are. Yeah. You could be Brian Fuller, Kyle, K- you could yeah. be, Dave, oh, somebody's going to have some, some say. You better be ready for it. And if you're under them, your job is to be like, cool, let's switch it up. Yep. What you want to do? Where's what's, the pivot? What's, what's next? What's Now next? you have helped already for them yep. to like relieve some of the pressure. It's not a, now I used to be terrible. Like the first script I wrote, the network gave notes <laughs> and I didn't do them. Really? I turned in the revised draft of, of the changes I wanted to make. <laughs> and, and, uh, because nobody told you. Yeah. To. <laughs> and I had an enemy in the office uh. who was mad that I had gotten that script. Uh. And they were going to let, and they, and they were going to, um, they called, what they, they called the showrunner and they were like, you need to see this, basically. And they sent it, but the showrunner hadn't seen it yet. And I had an ally, hmm. a writer's PA. And I'll never forget this. I'm on the 110, stuck in traffic, halfway home. Dude calls me up. I think you should come back. I was like, man, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm halfway home. It's hella hot. I'm driving this 1991 Toyota Tercel with no AC, windows down, no Bluetooth, no music. Diamond in the back. I am not coming back, bro. They, they, uh, he was, he, he said, nah, I think you should come back. And I was like, oh. So I got off the freeway, went, drove all the way back and found out that I was about to get completely sabotaged because I didn't do these notes. Wow. And that was a thing. You can't just be telling the network you ain't doing their mm. notes. So I, and I was like, and then it was already in the show in his e- inbox, the script that had no network changes in it. So I had to call my, my man up Ooh. and be like, hey, you got a script in your inbox, and ain't none of the network nut- notes done, but mm-hmm. I, I already got the, the game, so I'm a, so don't even read that one. And then I went in and did notes. And the PA, writer's PA, turned out to be my producing partner yes. years later. That was one of the ways we bonded. But even when the showrunner would come to give me notes, mm-hmm. I would be like, Whatever. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So then every time he comes to my office, that's a problem, right? It's like, well, do you really want to be the showrunner? And you gotta, you know, this script needs some work, mm-hmm. and you gotta go in. And not only do you have to give notes, which you don't want to do, but you gotta do. <laughs> now you got somebody giving you shit, it's giving you. And I was like, so, and I and somebody gave me the game. It was like year three. So you know, for three years, I've been acting like this dude, telling me these stupid ass notes. Sure. <laughs> and year three somebody's like I love when I can just go into a writer and even if there's notes to your point like Mm -hmm. oh they blew up this or they this or that and they just still stay optimistic and positive I was like oh shit I ain't been doing that hmm. I be making it torture for this dude to come in and give me notes so that very year I switched it up bro he came in he's like oh, okay we are gonna have to blow up act four I was like that sounds fantastic I can't wait to see what we do next oh where will our heroes go from here and he and, and he and it was like the first time I did that it was like six in the evening bro and he it had been a bad day and he comes in like eyes down, like, this is the last thing he wants to do. Mm. bro. I brighten his day. He was like, oh, cheery. Mm. Literally, years after, he would tell people, it's great giving Ben notes. Mm. Right? Because I'm just like, what are we here for? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are we here for me to get a pound of flesh and make sure you know I don't agree with your note? Mm-hmm. Even though I'm going to do it, by the way, because that's my job, <laughs> but I'm going to make it harder on you. No. We're here to get this shit as close as we can. we here to Fulfill the showrunner's vision and keep it moving. You know,
3: it's a privilege. Yeah, It is you a know? privilege. Yeah, it's, it's a privilege to be able to create, and to get paid to create.
1: Yeah, you know, and paid well at the same time. and,
3: uh, and also to be on a, a big show with it because that was a big show. Yeah, you guys are hot. You know, it was a yeah. really really big show.
2: because yeah. you know? uh, so just really quick. Sorry, Chris. I just wanted before we let him go. What hand of God? You was getting get into how you how you created that and how you.
1: Oh yeah, so.
2: Was it that, like the end of season six or seven or something? yeah, again? I went
1: to um so basically I um told uh I was like um I, I, first time I stamped I was thirty five so uh you was old, yeah, I, I was, was forty
2: seven <laughs> see. Now,
1: On a network nowadays, show. <laughs> nowadays, it's a little bit different because of the way things are starting to work out. But to be on a network show, to come in as a staff writer at 35, that was rare. So I also knew I had to be on an accelerated curve. So I was meet with the studio, like, literally, like, we're here to get to know the people we that we've hired. And I was <laughs> like, bro, I'm developing. You know that, right? Like, that's my goal. <laughs> right. Like, next year, I want to – and they're like, lay in the cut. You're right. going to get your chance. And I was like, nah, I'm not laying in the cut. Now, I kind of – it was a compromise. So I did – burn notice to the best of my ability, but I was mm-hmm. already developing a little bit. And one of the things, I was taking these pitches out, and I sold a couple, they, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. They never got made. So um, between uh, <coughs> season six and seven, The Hand of God, during season six, I have my meeting with my agents, I mm-hmm. tell them, here's my pitch ideas, and they actually were really sparking the of when I said, but the thing that I'm really into is this, uh, this idea about this <laughs> zealot like a modern day zealot, a John, you know what I mean, dude, who thinks he's touched by God, but might just be absolutely modern insane. day
2: John Brown or some shit. Yeah.
1: And so he, um, the age, the agent's like, "Wait, what?" And they're like, "And I was like, they're like, I don't know about that." I said, "That might be one I gotta write, huh?" They were like, "Yeah, definitely." But don't write it now because these pitches are good. And I was like, "Okay, cool." I started to work the pitches at home, and I would go to bed, and I'd be like, "I like these ideas." I'd go to bed, and I'd wake up thinking about.
0: What Even turned now. in the
1: hand of God? Mm. So finally, I called up my point agent, who, to his credit, when I called him, I said, "I know, I told you guys I'd, I'd get these pictures ready for market, but I can't. I want to work on. I'm a right hand of God." Mm. And he was like, "Bro, if you calling me to say that, go." And, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. uh, Frank Jung at CAA, mm-hmm. uh, who's great. I'm now with Ashley Holland and Pause at WME. <laughs> Shout out to the to the women. Yes, but <laughs> but I mean there's a lot of good ones out there, but I but you know, it's always good to have people that can you've you've created yeah. a rapport with them so they can sort of like uh make sh- like they can honor the directions you want to go and know when you really charged on something right. and, yeah. and encourage that. So I I actually wrote it. I wrote it during the hiatus between six and seven i Mm. didn't tell nobody i told i sent it to two people on the burn notice staff that i really trusted their opinions they gave me notes and then i sent it to a couple other people uh and they gave me notes and i sat on it Mm. and i sat on it all the way through uh season seven of burn notice as soon as season seven came out uh finished i uh, unfolded the script i did end up Bring out one of the pitches sold it and I brought out and I, I brought something I literally told my wife we did this all the time uh, ever, ever since burn notice ended we always do this at the beginning of the year how much will it take to, for us to be okay? How much do I need to make right. for us to be okay for the year? Mm-hmm. And we do the math, and then as soon as I know that math, that's what I try to do, be- mm. and, 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 and then I know the baseline. If I do better, that's great. But the reason I do that is because otherwise I'm gonna always be thinking about, do, is it now time to start looking about staffing again, or should I be thinking about whatever? Mm-hmm. And so I like to know my number. Well, I got the number, I was like, I need to sell two things over the course of this next year mm-hmm. in order to get to this number. And I sold them in the first, like, two months. And nice. I'm like, cool, all the pressure's whoa, off. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, where am I 10%? Where? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I was like,
1: oh, okay, this is cool, I like <laughs> this. And I sent the script out, and um, I was like, this actually is, I'm thinking it's going to be a sample. Hmm. I'm like, I wrote the script, I know what's in it, there's nobody going to make this. Right. Uh, and it's such a departure from what people see me as, because of what Burn Notice has sort of, like, put you in a category. So, um And I'm, so then I don't hear anything for a few weeks. Hmm. And then my agent, meanwhile behind the scenes, is like, oh shit. Hmm. He didn't even tell me how much he liked it. He just started slipping it in the department. Hmm. And apparently everybody in the department was like, oh shit. So the next thing you know, we having a conversation about who might be attached. And directors came up. What? And I was like, I had had this happen to me before mm-hmm. on uh, pitches or on pilots where I had written them and they were starting to get momentum mm-hmm. and then they start saying here's a list of potential directors and they were usually like working people right. you know maybe one like sizzler maybe but mm-hmm. mostly no man they sent me a list of five directors potential attachments on hand of God and they were all A-list movie directors mm. So then I was like, I'm literally looking at my wife like, things done changed a little bit. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: And um I met with a couple and then I met with Mark Forster. Hmm. Oh, and okay. I knew yeah. dope. Dope. as soon as I got with him, we met we saw each other in the lobby, didn't know we were each other. Then we got taken to the elevator at the same time. Like, wait a <laughs> minute, is this are is this who we here are we here to meet each other? Right. By the time we got to the floor where we were supposed to meet with our teams, mm-hmm. We had already decided we were working together. Nice, nice. And, um... And then shortly thereafter, you know, Ron Perlman gets on board.
2: Oh, I got to tell you about Ron. That's my dude. <laughs> oh,
1: man, what a dream. To, you know, to, to again, you write a single lead show or one that really mm-hmm. is, the, is all about that character. You better hope you get a Ron Perlman yep. who is amazing to have as mm-hmm. the lead of your cast. Anyway, that was it. So now you, all of a sudden you have a script that you think is going to be an outlier that will do a great job of helping you transition out of burn notice mm-hmm. but will only be a sample. And instead, you have a greenlit show.
2: Mm. Wow. Ron, Ron. Um, I go back, Ron, Jesus, I don't know how many years, almost like 20 years ago or something, like right around when I first started writing. <clears throat> and I knew him from the gym. Oh, right, um, yes. One of my friends trains him at the gym and still is his trainer, like, still. Does it. Oh, wow. And um, um, we used to always just like say hi, whatever, but I had written this pilot um, kind of like a training day type but like before training day it came mm-hmm. out and I wanted Ron to be, the, to be Denzel's kind of a character too, a black yeah. guy it was like a reverse and so I got it to, to 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 Ron and Ron Redd was like dude you really can write like blah 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 and he was like I think I don't think you should focus on my character you should focus on the other dude right because I was trying to you know one of the things I've learned in us being black people yeah. we always try to you know, in the climate now, it's mm-hmm. about what's black. Yeah. Back then, we were trying mm-hmm. to prove we could white write shit. That's right. So I was, he was my lead, and the black dude was like, mm-hmm. you know, number two. And so I ended up reworking it so that I kind of did what he told me to do, and then it did really well for me as mm-hmm. a sample, mm-hmm. never sold or anything. And but anyway, and so Ron and I kind of go back, and then of course, you know, one of my mentors is Paris Barkley. You know, right. so. Every party, Ron's at all the party. You know what I mean? Him and Katie and everybody. So it was like that situation with all them. But Ron's always like really good people. You notice he's got the softest hands in the world. You ever shake is his it, hands It's crazy. I'm like nigga, what you this got? Butter on it? Like- who, who's
1: you know pumping all this iron? You know what I'm saying? Like Hellboy, and you're yeah. kind of like, what is going on? It here? is the yeah. softest hands. It's you called ever Nivea man. In. It's called Nivea, Nivea. Since you yeah. got to use that shit to keep your hands soft. Yeah, I don't know how he does. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, no that. That's that was a dream working with him Mm -hmm. and I always had all these theories about what you could do if you create your own show and what kind of environment you can create because I was like it's magic What
2: y'all got two seasons seasons? we got two seasons
1: and um, he and I both marvel at like what it felt like beyond how proud we are of the show Mm -hmm. uh, what it felt like making the show together because we both had the theory Mm -hmm. that what we do, which is hard enough, we're trying to capture lightning in a bottle. What we are pursuing is magic, and it should be fun, right? Right? And it's so easy to forget that in the grind, and that those two years were just incredible, incredible fun, so, um, and it was kinda like, it was a confirmation that we were right. Like, we knew it theoretically, we just hadn't experienced it yet, Mm -hmm. and then there it was. And um, so that was one of the the things I'm most proud of, too.
2: I mean, you've been working on some some cool shit since then. Um, you talk about your your company,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: you guys have going on right now. I know you were working with Malcolm and Michelle on yeah. some cool stuff. Yeah. You know, can you keep talking a little bit about some of that.
1: So I started, uh, you know, uh, again, it was always like, what's your plan? Right. And I started every, and I, one year when I knew Hannah Gow was in, and I knew I wanted to transition into having a little uh, production shingle right. to develop some projects and hopefully start producing things that I wasn't writing. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, Blue Monday Productions. I love that Um, title. Yeah, that's a great story because I stole that title from my wife. She got uh, incorporated because she was – like basically publishing these little dress books okay. with inspirational quotes and they needed, we needed a uh, <laughs> I thought a it was like out. Depeche Mode or something. Yeah. Like no, new, I mean, everybody's really like, like, oh, it's that song. New and order, I'm, like, new order. I'm okay. like, nah, it's that really because my wife liked this painting mm-hmm. and, by Annie Lee called Blue Monday. And then when we had to incorporate, she used that name. Okay. And so <laughs> then when I had to get a loan out, I couldn't afford it. So I was like, oh, we already got this one called Blue mm-hmm. Monday. And it has some sentimental meaning. So I started that, started going out with projects, still developing my own stuff, um, and uh, you know, got really close on some great stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Then also came in to support Nichelle on Truth Be Told, make sure that got off the ground. Um, Three seasons on that now? It's going into season three right now. And then then I also took a little departure on Wu-Tang American Saga because they had a first-time showrunner and just needed a little bit of help getting over the finish line Mm -hmm. so and really love doing that like knowing what it is to be a first-time showrunner anytime I can help one Mm -hmm. I I get a great satisfaction um now I'm actually you know we never announced it um, because been so it's been under the radar for a while but I'm finishing up a overall at Amazon um, they want me to come back because we have some really exciting projects on tap. Yeah.
2: And I when, am, when do we start the room? When, when I don't we... know when this podcast. <laughs> we'll know
1: whether I'm going back or not. We have some things, um, but uh, you know, I'm working on a ongoing series that's going to be sort of like uh, the crown type of treatment nice. for Muhammad Ali. Oh, it's called the Greatest. Nice. And then we're doing uh, we're developing a Western. Called Twin Territories, which is basically watch, watching the birth of the state of Oklahoma through the eyes of Bass Reeves, the legendary black deputy. Yep. Um, I got
2: a Bass Reeves one too. Yeah, to <laughs> so we got so yeah. those are some of the, the right.
1: big ones. We got um, we got a couple of the things that I'm not allowed to talk about, but mm-hmm. those are the big ones right now that I'm feeling uh, really excited about. So. Uh, there's a conversation to be had about whether I stay with Amazon because there's some of the other opportunities uh, would mean I'd have to leave, go over to Fox or Netflix. Or, yeah. um, but really, now I'm focused on building out that Blue Money Productions. And I, I've proven that I can sell. Mm-hmm. I have set up a bunch of projects uh, that I'm not writing. Mm-hmm. So now I'm being seen as a you know the producer and also a writer. Um, and so now we need to get to things being greenlit again, nice. you, know what I mean? Nice. Yeah,
2: I love it. I love it. Well, I got another show I didn't tell you about. We're gonna talk, we yeah, gonna talk. we should dope. definitely do that. Definitely, yeah. yeah, it's in the Lord of the Rings world with black oh, folks. Shit. It's dope. Oh, okay, it's dope. Anyway, awesome haters, huh? What
1: haters? <laughs> yeah. Thank
2: you, Kistori, for taking photos of us. We appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, nice to meet you. <laughs> so, um, Ben, where you at? People Can people follow you on Instagram, Twitter? Where you at?
1: Um, yeah, I have a Twitter okay so i have a reputation of being this dude who if you ask me a question i answer like i know i'm right even in that i'm not so uh my kids started calling me benipedia that's hilarious they, oh, that's they, where that
2: comes from yeah okay. they
1: call me benipedia because i i act like i know everything <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you don't have to look up wikipedia no more right. You and i don't just I say it, i'll be like any subject i'm right. like very matter of fact <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> cellular molecular division at the foundational level. I know all about that. No, so anyway, I'm, so they call me Benapedia. Yeah, I thought that hilarious. was hilarious. So I love they, it. so you can you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram under um, under Benapedia. I'm not a I'm not a huge social media guy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I do, I do have some stuff. on
2: I there. do love that photo you posted recently with your family. Oh, y'all yeah. looking like twins yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, see yeah. Y'all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> nah, it's crazy. Again, mm-hmm. you know, celebrating moments and and mm-hmm. uh, making sure you take the time. That's that's what I'm really into. Exactly. You know what I mean? I feel like we uh, we all know how hard this is, and mm-hmm. and we know you know it's easy to dwell on that, but we signed mm-hmm. up for it, yep. and there's a reason we did. Um, so we should try to keep that in mind that you know we're blessed to be moving this direction, Indeed. and we should also make sure we're enjoying those moments like that. So mm-hmm. that's that's my thing. You know, you turn fifty, you start being like, <laughs> wait a minute, you know what I mean? You ain't even nineteen. You a vampire? Shit. What's going you. on. What's going
3: on? Yeah. I can answer these questions. Yeah. Wait, yeah. where you at, Chris? I'm <clears> at uh,
2: unauthorized CBD on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome, rebel. And I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. I say Twitter like I'm cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Hilliard Guest, so you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters are on Twitter. <clears throat> Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you listen to. We're everywhere, ever, all over the world. Um, what else we got, Chris? You can support the show
3: through uh, the Patreon link, which you can find at screenwritersrr.com. That's our website where you can, uh, there's uh, there's gonna be updated in the next week or two. There'll be some merchandise for t-shirts, mugs, and the links which will take you to support us at $2, $5, $10, $25 a month. $2,000. $2,000. Yeah, 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 Let's not <laughs> put a cap on <laughs> yeah.
1: it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, look, look,
3: it's up to you if
2: you wanna hook us up.
3: We would appreciate
2: it at, at anything. Yeah, that's it. That's what's up. Um, yeah. Joining us for
1: 2022 that's it right yeah 2022 2022 2022 that's my that's my thing 2022 gonna be the topper yeah, but, right. but thank you, thank you, because yeah, be I sure. know we've been talking about this for a minute, and mm-hmm. it's so cool to finally be sitting down with y'all. I'm glad
2: we are able the to do it in person. And, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. that's kind of what pushes oh, me right. too, because some some people like you, Malcolm. Mm-hmm. I want to see y'all in person. Yeah, you
1: know what yeah, I mean, exactly. Charles.
2: You know what I mean. Yeah. I don't, don't want to be all on Zoom and chilling. No, you know, no, no, not close. when
1: we family. No, no. we, we yeah. gotta mm-hmm. sit it down. This is definitely. honor honor I love the love the podcast and love what y'all do. How active y'all stay within the writer community you, and man. our pocket of the writer community so um, yeah definitely appreciate thank y'all you. for yeah, sure that, for that's sure.
2: also why I moved on to the education community well Jeff Melvoin asked me to be his number two but I also did it because I wanted to make sure that we are visible everywhere yeah. we put on the most events at the, on the education community okay. so I was like no 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 we're not doing this right with somebody black on there that's <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. so that's why I am would say yo Ben um, you want to do this thing yep. you know what I mean so yeah for sure man thank you man we love you buddy Wishing yeah, you all the best, too. all the best, you know, yep. all the best. We we do hope one day to work with you one day. Absolutely, you know, for sure. So it's keep, in the stars. Keep people on the list. It's in the stars. Said I did it with seven list? List.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I love it. Anyway, I love it. Thank yeah, you again, man.
2: So, joining with me, you guys know how we doing on the rant room on the show. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what everybody. Twenty twenty two. Peace, y'all. Uh, thank awesome.
0: y'all. I'm Wanna be a rider, well you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rant room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd is got no time for no kaka. Sass in class, yes, they miss the bowl of Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screen. Writing It's exciting. when you turn an outline into something enlightening? Your pinning words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want.